Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, welcome to City Light Church. My name is John, husband to my wife, Leah, father to my son, Isaiah, and one of the pastors for this church. If you're new, welcome to our church. Welcome to City Light. We'd love to help you in your spiritual journey, wherever they might, they might that be. So you have a Connect card right now in your table. You can go ahead and fill that out if you are new. And you can take it back. We'll give you a free gift. More importantly, we just want to help you in your walk with God today. So today we'll be opening on God's Word on Mark 10, 35 to 52. Mark 10, 35 to 52. And I love this passage right now. We're going to be looking at Jesus' conversation with his disciples. We're going to be looking at his conversation with James and John and with a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. But before we dive into the passage, I want to read you parts of the scripture right now, starting in verse 48. It says, but he, Bartimaeus, cried out all the more, saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to stop right here, and it's it's saying right here, and Jesus stopped. Look at that. And Jesus stopped. Jesus was on the way to Jericho, leaving Jericho, walking, crowds of people around around him, and says, Jesus stopped. So this past week, my family and I were in Puerto Rico, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, during our last day, we decided to drive two hours to visit this beach. And apparently, it's a very well-known beach, crystal clear beach, no waves around. I mean, you can, you can almost see a reflection of yourself. Perfect place to take a baby with you and enjoy the waves, thinking like it's bath time. Um, great, great beach. Okay, we drove two, and a, two hours to get there. It was about 90 degrees around that time at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So when we got there, the place was packed. So first of all, we got to find parking. And in places like this, you had to find, you had to go to the farthest place from the beach to find parking. And so we did, by the Lord's mercy. So we did that. We got our stuff. And maybe knowing what we're learning right now as a family, it takes a lot to not only go to the beach, but go to a beach with a kid. To not only have got to bring his backpack, you got to make sure everything's in it. You got to make sure everything, the milk, the snacks, towels, table, towels, everything. Plus your stuff, Leah's stuff, and 3 o'clock, 90 degrees, walking half a mile away. But if, not really half a mile, it just felt like half a mile at that time. Walking there, all I cared about was getting to the beach. All I care about was just getting to the beach, slugging away. I don't care right now where I go. Let's just keep walking until we find a shade and we can hang out there for the next two to three hours. So we were doing that, slugging away, slugging away. And then all of a sudden, we stopped. So we stopped in our tracks. We stopped. And then we saw a production going on at the beach. And soon to find out, that production was a Puerto Rican soap opera that was being filmed. Puerto Rican soap opera. So we were there. We found a shade next to it, to it which is pretty ironic because we're trying to unplug and enjoy paradise. Unplug, no TV, no phones. We're right here looking at the beach, but right next to us is a live TV. Live TV. So we were slugging away, slugging away, slugging away. I just want to walk. Let's go, go, go. And then, yeah, we stop in our tracks. We stop. 
didn't care about anything else. We just stopped. Like, what is going on? And I share that story today because today I want to present you a faith that stops Jesus in his tracks. I want to show you today a faith that stops Jesus in his tracks. The type of faith that he responds to. The type of faith that makes him drop everything to attend to your needs. The type of faith that can often be revealed with a question. The type of faith that can often be revealed with a question. And the question is this. If Jesus were to ask you, what do you want me to do for you, what would you say? If Jesus were to ask you, what do you want me to do for you, what would you say? I'll say this another way. If the God of the universe and the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega were to ask you what he can do for you, what would you say? What would your request to Jesus be? I say this because oftentimes your requests reveal your highest wants. Your requests reflect your greatest treasure. Your requests reveal your relationship with Jesus. Your request draws out your deepest desires. Your request reveals your faith. So if God were to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? What would you say? And how would that faith look like? Would Jesus stop in his tracks? And what we'll see here in Mark 10 are two stories, two distinct stories, where Jesus asked this very questions two different times. He first asked the questions to James and John, and then to the blind man named Bartimaeus. Same question, two different occasions, and two different requests. And from here, we will see the type of faith that stops Jesus in his tracks. We will see the type of faith that Jesus responds to. We will see that type of faith. I am not here to share a secret formula of how all your prayer, prayer requests will be granted, will be answered. I am not in that business. But I will show you through God's word the type of faith that Jesus values and desires for you. And comes my knowing his heart. So that no matter what circumstances you are in, whatever it may look like for you, you can rest in the faith that stops Jesus in his tracks and experience his presence in a deeper way today. A type of faith that we'll see in these stories. Okay, let me pray. Lord, we open your word today. We are excited and expecting, God. Would you show us your power, your love, would you show us who you are? That's all we care about, God. More of you and less of us. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, there are two parts of these stories, two parts. The first part is called the request, and then the second part is called the response. That's it. The request, the response, we'll be looking at these stories simultaneously, okay? So we dive into the first part, the request. And verse 35, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. First of all, he got to settle down and say, wait, what? James and John said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And look how patient Jesus is. 
And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? (laughs) What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one on your left, right here, in your glory. So that was the request. All right, now let's go to the blind man, Bartimaeus, and see his request. Verse 46. Let's jump to verse 46 together. It says, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, who was sitting by the roadside. No agenda whatsoever, just sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him, call him. In the midst of many crowd, he stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man and saying to, saying to him, saying to him, take, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And here's a question. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. One asked for glory, one asked for sight. Your request reveal your highest wants. Your, ref- your request reflect your greatest treasure. Your request draws out your deepest desires. And more importantly, your request reveal your relationship with Jesus. It reveals your faith. And from here, we see the difference of James and John. And I got five differences. I'm going to give to you five differences behind their request that will help us see a picture of the type of faith that stops Jesus in his tracks. And number one, James and John were demanding, but Bartimaeus was desperate, right? James and John were demanding, but Bartimaeus was desperate. Teacher, he said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. They're basically telling Jesus, Jesus, here's a blank check for you to sign. Sign it, please. Here's a blank check. This is our request. The demand is there. But you look at Bartimaeus, verse 48, and many rebuke him, telling him to be silent. Many rebuke him, telling him to be silent. Well, what did he do? He cried out all the more. He cried out. James and John came to Jesus with a sense of entitlement, but Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus with a sense of desperation, and that Stop Jesus in his tracks. When people rebuke him, told him to be silent, oh, he did not care. But Bartimaeus cried out all the more. And you and I need to ask this constantly. Am I demanding or desperate? Am I demanding or desperate? Another way to ask this, is my faith marked by desperation or pretension? Is my, is my faith, Mike Bar, Mike Bar, desperation or presumption? Do I believe that I have no good apart from him, or do I say I deserve good things from him? 
Do I believe I have no good apart from him, or do I deserve good things from him? A faith, Mark, I want you to listen to this, a faith marked by knees on the ground and cries raised high stops Jesus in his tracks. A faith marked by knees on the ground and cries raised high above stops Jesus in his tracks. But a faith just walks by with a sense of entitlement, sense of I deserve this, I deserve that, makes Jesus keep walking over you. So am I demanding or desperate? James and John were demanding, but Bartimaeus was desperate. Number two, James and John asked for fame, but Bartimaeus acted with faith. James and John asked for fame, but Bartimaeus acted with faith. Verse 37, and they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one in your left, in your glory. He wanted, James and John wanted to share with the glory of God. James and John wanted a platform, and this is true for all of us. And maybe some of you are here right now. Oftentimes, you and I have used Jesus as a platform for fame rather than being used by him to act with faith. Oftentimes, we have used Jesus as a platform for our fame rather than being used by him to be to act with faith. Like James and John, we can often get lost in the why of what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Why do you want to serve? Why do you want to do ministry? Why do you want to raise a family? Why do you want to be married? Why do you want a new job? Why do you want to do all these great things here on earth for the Lord? Why? And oftentimes, the question, the answer behind that, behind that can be results-driven. You know, I want to raise a family so I can see people saved. I want to do this to be a light in darkness. I want to do all these things. Really good results. But then again, we lose the why behind it. And the why is for the glory of his name. And often deep down, the why behind for us is the sake of our name, not God's. It's for the sake of our fame and not his name. More of him and less of us. But I want you to see the difference of Bartimaeus. Verse 48, he said, Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David. This beggar was most likely lonely, alone, regretful, in fear, bitter, in pain. Life seemed hopeless for this beggar, for this blind man. This man was marginalized, yet upon hearing Jesus, he called him son of David. And I want you to see the importance of that. He's saying, son of David, he's quoting, he's remembering 2 Samuel 7, 12. It says, I will raise up for you an offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. Bartimaeus embraced a promise from thousands of years ago and saw Jesus as the promised Savior and King who will bring true restoration in people's lives. Son of David. And this right here is an act of faith. He saw Jesus according to who he is and acted according to who he is. This is an act of faith. So you know, I need to ask yourself, do I ask for fame or act with faith? Like deep down, do I ask for fame or act with faith? 
A faith that acts according to the character of Jesus stops him in his tracks. I want you to say that. I want to listen. I'm going to say that again. A faith that acts, that approaches, that asks according to who Jesus is will stop him in his tracks. Number three, James and John asked for merit, but Bartimaeus asked for mercy. <laughs> this doesn't crush you. I don't know else what will. James and John asked for merit, but Bartimaeus asked for mercy. Jesus, son of David, verse 48, have mercy on me. This is all he wanted. Mercy, 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 not merit. There are many persecuted Christians around the world asking for mercy at this moment, yet I am convinced we are more in danger than they are right now. I am. Because the comforts and riches of our culture has created a higher temptation to desire merit over mercy. It has. The comforts of this culture and the richness behind it does create a higher temptation for us to desire merit over mercy. And yet I will say we are more than in danger. Their lives are in danger, but our souls are in danger. When in fact everything we have is a result of the mercy of God. Every breath you take is an act of God's mercy. To forget this is to forget life itself. So we ask, do I want merit over mercy? Is this my request to Jesus all the time in my prayers? Do I pray more for my merit or his mercy? You ask for a new job. Are you asking it for your merit or are you asking it to experience and displace the tender mercies of God through your job? You desire for a home. Do you want it for your merit, or do you want it to experience and display the tender mercies of God through your home? Do you want to raise a healthy family? Do you want it for your merit, or do you want it to experience and display the tender mercies of God through your family? Do you want marriage? Do you want it for your merit, or do you want to display through experience the tender mercies of God through your marriage? Do you want a successful life? Do you want it for your own merit? Or do you want it to experience and display the sweet mercies of God through your life? A faith, a thirst for his tender mercies stops Jesus in his tracks. A faith that thirsts for his tender mercies will stop Jesus in his tracks. And number four, James and John fought for might, but Bartimaeus fought for sight. James and John fought for might, but Bartimaeus fought for sight. Verse 51, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Rabbi, let me recover my, fight, my sight. Do I fight for might or do I fight for sight? Do I fight for my or do I fight for sight? I want to give you this. Your faith right now is a fight for sight. It's not a fight for anything else. It's a fight for sight. It's a battle to behold. 
Are you going to fight to see Jesus for who he is? Or are you going to, are you going to behold him for all he is? Or are you going to fight for might here on earth? Are you going to be satisfied with Psalm 17, 16, where it says, When I awake, I will behold your face in righteousness. Are you going to be fighting to see his goodness today? Our war cry must be, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things out of your law. Your fight, we fight to taste and see his goodness. We fight to behold his face. No matter how hard your circumstances are, stay in the fight and know that Jesus has stopped his tracks for you. Stay with it. Stay in the fight to see him, no matter how dark it is. Fight for sight. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things are seen are transient, but the things that are seen are eternal. To fight for sight is to stop Jesus in his tracks, guys. To fight for sight is to stop Jesus in his tracks. Stay in the fight. Last but not least, James and John wanted the accessories, but Bartimaeus wanted the access. James and John wanted the accessories, but Bartimaeus wanted the access. I'm going to explain that a little bit. Think about it. For James and John to sit at the right hand of God in his glory, if I'm, if I'm asking that question, it meant perks. It meant special privileges. You know what I'm saying? For me, if I were to ask that request, it might be a bigger, ha- it might be a bigger room in heaven. Bigger room in heaven with maybe a king-size bed, you know, maybe I have an espresso machine next to me. Maybe I got a nice view, sunset every night, sunrise every morning. Maybe I got flat screen TV. I don't know. King-size bed is the essential thing for me. Maybe... Maybe I have room service. You know, maybe I have room service. Maybe I have a butler. Who knows? Maybe Nate Crew is my butler. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine it, like Nate bringing my laundry. Thanks, Nate. Here's your tip. Just kidding. Treasure's in heaven. You know, maybe, maybe for James and John, it meant perks. For James and John, they wanted the accessories. They wanted the bells and whistles. They wanted the comforts over the Calvary. They wanted the comforts over the cross. They wanted the accessories more than the access. And look at verse 15. And throwing off his cloak... Bartimaeus, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. His cloak was the only thing he had, only thing that can keep him warm, the only thing that can make him feel safe, the very thing that he can find refuge in. Threw it all away, sprang up, and came to Jesus. And we want to know, he's blind. So he's coming to Jesus blind. While James and John wanted a bigger room, this blind man just wanted a key to a room. He just wanted a key to a room, to win a room. He just wanted access because for him, access means nearness. Access to God means nearness to God, to Jesus. He wanted access. Access to God expands the relevance of your life. 
Access to God increases the weight of your purpose. Access to God brings the extraordinary into your ordinary life. Access to God satisfies your deepest desires. Access to God fulfills your greatest needs. Access to God is tasting and seeing his goodness. Access to God calms and quiets your soul. Access to God reaps an abundant harvest to your faith that is like a mustard seed. Access to God sees your love for him like no one else will. Access to God makes your work never go in vain. Access to God will transform your image to bear the image of Jesus, the man of heaven. Access to God brings healing and restoration. Access to God heals your brokenness. And access to God swallows up death. Access to God gives you victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we ask, I ask, do I want the accessories more than the access? Do I want the accessories more than the access? The comforts over the Calvary, the comforts over the cross. I want you to listen to me. God does not want you and I to accessorize our faith He wants us to access it. God does not want you to accessorize your faith. He wants you to access it. He wants you to draw near. So that's the request. That's the first part, the request. So now we go to the second part, which is the response. Okay? Now we want to see what Jesus said to these two different type of requests. We want to see what stopped him in his tracks right here. So let's go to the response of Jesus to James and John. So let's jump back to verse 38. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you were asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to him, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant in James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know... You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But it shall not be so among you. But it shall not be so among city light. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Great servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Greatness is being a slave. Greatness is being a servant. And this is it. This is it. This is the main response in verse 45. For even the Son of Man 
came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Your request, my request, is and always be responded by his ransom. Your request is responded by his ransom. His ransom is the resolution to your request. In our many requests, we have a God who gave his life as a ransom for many. Above our every request is a God who defeated our greatest conquest, and that conquest is brokenness and death. That conquest is slavery from sin. That conquest is destining us to eternal damnation. That conquest, that conquest is eternal life spent apart from God in hell. Amen. God paid the ransom to redeem you and I, to redeem you from eternal death. And this, when you see this, and this ransom came in the form of drinking a cup. Did you see that? Did you catch that? Look at verse 38 again. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you were asking. Look at verse 38. You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Are you able to, keep, to drink the cup that I drink? Jesus is talking about here. You know what he's, what he's talking about? He's talking about drinking the cup of God's wrath. His ransom came in the form of drinking the cup of God's wrath. His wrath. So I have a Yeti here, and I'm going to have Kyle, who serves our coffee every week, pour a cup of coffee. Is it hot? Is it pretty hot? Yeah. There you go. It's pretty hot. So let's just do this, okay? Yeti, fresh cup of coffee. Yep, that's steaming. Okay. So think about your mornings right now, going to work. Fresh cup of coffee and a Yeti. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it, man. He didn't spill. He didn't spill. Uh, okay, it's hot. Now you seal it. And I don't know about you, it's 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning when you're rushing to work, and without even thinking, you take a sip without blowing it. And most likely than not, you always and will always burn your tongue. Right? One sip will burn your tongue. Now imagine drinking it. Imagine drinking this cup. Not just one sip, not just one drink. Imagine drinking it bottoms up. Now imagine this cup is the cup of God's wrath. Imagine that all the bad things that you have done and you will do for the rest of your life is here in this cup. That's burning already. Oh, that's getting hot. And I add mine to it. God gets really hot. Now imagine the sins of this whole church is in this cup. It gets hotter. Now imagine the sins of false church is in this cup. It gets hotter. Imagine the sins of all of Virginia is in this cup. Imagine the sins of this whole country is in this cup. 
Imagine the sins of this whole world right now is in this cup burning. Now imagine the sins of this whole world in the past, present, future, for eternity is in this cup. And yet Jesus did not sip it. He drank it. He drank the cup of God's wrath. And he drank the cup of what? By taking the crown of thorns. By being lashed several times. He drank the cup by dying on the cross. Yet three days later, yet three days later, Jesus rose again. Why? To defeat death. And whoever would confess their sins and, sins and believe in him will have eternal life. Because Jesus has provided the ransom for you. Your debt is paid in full. Can we say amen to that, God? Your request is responded by his ransom. His ransom is the resolution to your request. That even in your season of waiting and unanswered prayers, you don't know what God's doing. God doesn't seem to hear you. Take comfort that he has responded by his ransom. You request for clarity of the future? Oh, by his ransom, you can trust that he is leading and guiding you for his name's sake. That by his ransom, your future is secure. You request to be healthy. By his ransom, you can look forward to your glorified body in heaven. You request for protection for today? Oh, by his ransom, you have protection for eternity. You request for happiness. Oh, by his ransom, you can drink from the river of his delight. You request for family and friends to be saved, for the city to be saved. Oh, by his ransom, you can trust in a God who can do the impossible. Oh, you request for a life free of anxiety? Oh, by his ransom, you can look to him who will give you perfect peace because you trust in him, because you can fight for sight. And you request for his hand in deliverance on Afghanistan. Haiti, and everyone affected by it. Oh, by his ransom, by the ransom of Jesus, he is working all things for good. He is working all things for good for his glory. Your request is responded by his ransom. And as we close this, look at verse 52 with me. And Jesus said to them, go your way, all right, go your way. He said, once Bartimaeus got aside, he said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The word for well mean, well here also means saved. Your faith has saved you, not just physically, but spiritually because of my ransom. And immediately, when you see this, immediately Bartimaeus, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Followed him on the way. You know, James and John, last point, James and John desired for a position, but Bartimaeus embraced the mission. They desired for a position, but this blind man simply embraced 
the mission. He says immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And I want you to know, for those of you who are in Christ Jesus right now, do you embrace a position more than the mission? The beauty here, I want you to see, the beauty here is that because of his ransom, because of the ransom of God, God did not, did not just command you to embrace the mission, he called you to it. He didn't just command you to embrace the mission. He called you to it. And if he called you to it, he will empower you to it. So may you continue to follow him on the way and finish the race he has set for you because he has called you to embrace his mission, knowing that he is and will always be with you until the end of the age. And to everyone in this room right now, Whoever, especially of those of you who are not in Christ, who have been far away from him for a while now, I want you to ask. I want you to answer this question. Are you going to let Jesus walk past you? Or are you going to stop him in his tracks? Are you going to accept the cup that he drank for you? Or are you going to keep trying to drink it yourself? Because right now, I just want to let you know right now, it is in the acceptance of his ransom that will empower you to have the faith that stops Jesus in his tracks. The faith that is marked by desperation. The faith that desires mercy over merit. The faith that fights for sight. And the faith that has confidence, access to his nearness. So what do you want Jesus to do for you today? And may your request be a revelation of a faith that desires him first and foremost because of his ransom. Your request is and always be responded by his ransom. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we... Just love you, God, overwhelmed by your ransom. Overwhelmed, Lord, that you drank the cup, the cup that we cannot bear, the cup that we cannot drink. That's how much you loved us, God. You went through all that. Like, why? <laughs> so, Lord, we love you so much. Would you teach us now to have a faith that stops you in your tracks, Lord, a faith that you desire. Help us, God. Empower us, God, right now to love you first and foremost for your glory. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And as always, you know, respond to the Lord. You know, the altar, the altar is open. If you need prayer, we'll be here. But I sense a need in this room to have a renewed appreciation of his ransom that Jesus drank this cup. That should change everything about your life. So let's respond to God for his glory and worship to him.